Hey everybody, this is Nick. And Susan. From Cannabis Nation Podcast. Hi. Thanks for tuning back in. We know it's been a while we, since you've heard from us. Yeah, we've missed you. We've missed you guys so much, and yeah. we're so sorry it's been almost six, six months, months since uh, we put out our last episode. Yeah, you would not believe what we have been through. Yes, we have been through some copyright issues. Yes. We have been through technical issues. Yes. I had a computer hard drive blow up oh. on me recently. This episode that you're about to listen to, as well as one other episode, was completely lost. lost. Um, which we will maybe redo that other one in the future. Yes. We have more plans coming up. We got yeah. some new equipment. Yes. And we're not going to let us let this keep us down. No. But we just want to say one huge thank you. Thank you. For hitting that play button again Yay. and giving us another chance yes. to just delight you and and, and anybody and, who might be listening. Yeah. And, and we as we all learn more about cannabis, and yeah. we'll, you know walk this walk in this wonderful world together so mm -hmm. thank you so much and we're truly sorry and actually that copyright issue sent us reeling and mm -hmm. it was i don't know if you guys have any experience with this but trying to find a way to appeal yes a copyright claim is it's is very difficult very difficult so thank you again for your patience thank you again for pressing play mm -hmm. and without further ado here is our long-awaited 26th episode thanks guys enjoy Hello and welcome to Cannabis Nation, where we help guide you through the wonderful and complex world of cannabis by shedding light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Susan. I'm Nick. And this is episode 26. Woo! Yes! Oh my goodness gracious, 26? 26. This is oh. going to be on the essential endo endocannabinoid system. And this is a 101 class, kids, mm -hmm. so get out your number two pencil. Yep. Get ready to take some notes. Them up. Because we are going to give you a brief synopsis on one of the animal kingdom's largest bodily yeah. systems, yeah. which was only discovered yeah. in the latter part of the 20th yeah. century. Because we're still just monkeys. That's we right. Are. That's right. But first, we want to tell you about a cannabinoid called THCO, which is derived from hemp that is said to be three times stronger than THC. Wow. Three times, you guys. I don't know why we need that. I mean, some of you might think, shut up, Susan, we need that. But yeah, well, uh. yeah. Some publications say THCO is new. It actually isn't. Hmm. Yeah, the Edgewood Arsenal facility in Maryland between... 1949 and 1975 used THCO in experiments. Experiments. Oh, science! In these experiments, <laughs> the researchers tested THCO on dogs that had now ataxia. They, yeah, that's a shaking disorder, right? Yeah, I believe so. Ataxia refers to the lack of voluntary uh, coordination oh, okay. of muscles and movements. Those poor dogs. Poor puppies. Poor pups. Right. Remember, dogs have a large number of cannabinoid receptors in the back of their little tiny wee brains. And you give them something three times stronger than THC. They were crazy. Freaking monkeys. I was just listening. Oh, my God. I was just listening to another podcast that was about, uh, it was on MK Ultra. Uh-huh. And, like, at one of the points, like, during the experimentation when they were using acid, one of the research guys was just like, Let's find out what happens when we give an elephant more acid than has ever been done by any animal, oh and it just had a seizure and died. And I feel like oh. that's probably, I mean, first of all, 1949 to 1975, that's 26 years. What, yeah. what, are you, what are you 
doing. Yeah. I feel like more happened than just that. But I anyway. think so too. And where's the research on Where, this? You yeah. think you'd have some like paperwork that you know? <laughs> well, we learned absolutely nothing. It was totally useless. So we just didn't. We just burned it. <laughs> burned it. Also, we were doing a bunch of. I mean, Edgewood Arsenal facility. That sounds like a black site where weird shit happens. Yeah, and right? I know you guys. When I read that, I thought you guys would go, Susan. You're not saying that, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Edgewood the facility Arsenal was. Edgewood Arsenal facility in yeah. Maryland. Um, but anyway, so THCO is, like Susan just said, it's supposed to be three times stronger than regular THC. I now, what does that mean? It means that the, so you have the receptors in your brain, mm-hmm. which we're going to get way more into in a bit here. Yes. Uh, it, it's not that it, it, it just binds three times more, three times stronger, essentially. So, so many more of those THCO mo- molecules will actually bind to your receptors compared gotcha. to regular THC. Gotcha. Now. Uh, it's all about the way that the body, t- mm-hmm. the, the way it moves into the receptors. Not yes. so much that there's more of it. It's yeah. just more effective. Add binding bio, to those. Uh, Bioavailability. There we go. Yes, exactly. So, um, affinity. Binding affinity is another way to say it. Okay. Um, But it is the other thing to know about THCO is that it is solely a synthetic cannabinoid as far as we are aware. Ah. We have not found it occurring naturally at any point. So what they do, Uh we've talked about Delta-8 THC before. And Delta-8 THC is primarily produced by uh, uh, doing a chemical reaction with CBD. You convert CBD into Delta-8 THC. Then you can take Delta-8 THC and mix it with this highly flammable chemical, very dangerously flammable chemical, and out comes THCO. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So making it in a lab or trying to do it at home is dumb. (laughs) I'm not even going to tell you what chemical they mix it with Uh, or how they do it because you're going to blow yourself and your neighbors and maybe your whole apartment complex or trailer park or home, neighborhood, suburb, shed. Big crater. And there's some places uh, in America bus. where they've got sinkholes. They don't need your help. <laughs> no, no. We have enough explosions in the world yeah. generally right now. So yeah. so don't make any more. I tell you, I've said this more than once on this podcast. Humans, just monkeys living in trees, mm-hmm. lighting their fecal matter on fire and throwing it around. Yes. I mean, okay. it's... Yeah. Either way, we don't times. really need something that's three times stronger than THC. These poor dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be something that, like... If there is a pushback to the legality of marijuana, it's going to be based in something like this. Like somebody isolating a cannabinoid that's 50 times stronger that causes full-on hallucinations or some crap like that. You know, it's people start injecting it. Exactly. I mean, there was... We we talked about this our last little podcast meeting, but there was a company in California that at the beginning of last year started putting out snortable THC. I know how ridiculous. It's like how dumb. I I don't even. I mean, yeah, I get it. Goes right into the old factory. But yeah, honestly, but also like, how trashy is that? I know. I'm just like. I know like, some of you are sitting here and you're like, oh, I'd try it because I would too. Okay. I get it. Okay. <laughs> and I can admit that sometimes I do trashy things, but. No. I'm sorry, guys. But 
I'm not snorting your Ritalin. No. And I'm not snorting the THC. <laughs> Have I before? Yes. Will I again? <laughs> Maybe. But no, don't. Do as no, I say, not as I, I do. do. And, and I think that was important for you to point out the bioavailability, mm-hmm. right? And like the endocannabinoid and like how it, it, it goes through the receptors, which is which leads us to the endocannabinoid system and what we came here to talk exactly. about. Exactly. So what is that, Susan? Well, okay. Get your pencils out. This All is right. Where you put your thinking pen caps on all right this is huge so what is it the endocannabinoid system is one of the biggest cell signaling network systems in our bodies say that 10 times fast i don't think so cell signaling network systems self sig- not cell even sig- no <laughs> turns out that we all all of us mammals we all have one yeah that's right. So these endocannabinoids and the receptors are found throughout the body, in the brain, organs, connective tissues, glands, and dun dun dun, the immune system. Yeah. Ah, more yeah. On that later. Now, mm-hmm. with this, with its complex actions in our immune systems, nervous systems, and virtually all of the body's organs, the endocannabinoids are literally a bridge between body and mind. By understanding this system, we begin to see a mechanism that could connect brain activity and states of physical health and disease. This is huge, people. This system that regulates virtually everything that we do and who we are was literally just discovered because people were researching THC and how and what the mechanism is that gets you high. It's so amazing. Okay. So, what does what does this mean? Okay, Susan, what are you talking about? So that means your appetite and digestion, your sleeping, your, you know, pain sensation, inflammation and other immune responses, mood, metabolism, learning and memory, okay? Like maybe even Alzheimer's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the reproduction system functions. Now, wait till you hear about how that all works that's yeah 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 a lot of people see fireworks when they use their reproductive system Uh, (laughs) you should always hope for that (laughs) Uh, so your endocannabinoid system it consists of three major uh, components uh, mm-hmm. It's end- endocannabinoids, your endocannabinoid receptors, and some enzymes that help along the process. Enzymes are huge. Mm-hmm. Endocannabinoids are naturally occurring lipid-based neurotransmitters. Yep. Neurotransmitters are chemical messengers in the body that send signals between nerve cells. Mm-hmm. These transmitters attach or bind to cannabinoid receptors, which sends a message to the ECS, or endocannabinoid system, we might use that acronym a bit more. Yes. Um, but it sends a message to the ECS to kickstart a response. Yes. Enzymes are responsible for breaking down the endocannabinoid after they carry out the needed response. Yeah, you don't want them laying around. Exactly. You don't want to fill your system with, with certain chemicals that cause yeah. uh, a neural reaction and just have them linger forever because no. then, you no, know. No, they did their job and mm-hmm. now you move them along. Exactly. That's what the enzymes exactly. do. So great. So how does it develop? Yeah. is the next question. Oh, this is huge. There are two primary cannabinoid receptors present throughout the body. They are what are referred to as the CB1 and CB2 mm-hmm. receptors. Experts think a third cannabinoid receptor may also exist, but research is not conclusive thus far. Thus far. We've, stopped, we've mm-hmm. still got a long 
long road to go with our number twos as yes. well. Yes, and yes. not to not to mention that there's also receptors in the body that the that cannabinoids respond to that don't necessarily aren't necessarily part of our endocannabinoid system. They're kind of outside of it. Hmm. Um, but either way, the CB1 receptor. Uh, they're prim primarily located on nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, but they are also found in some peripheral organs and tissues such as the spleen, white blood cells, endocrine glands, and parts of the reproductive gastrointestinal and urinary tracts. Uh-huh. In the brain, the CB1 receptors are abundant in the cerebellum, uh, basal ganglia, hippocampus, and dorsal primary afferent spinal cord regions. Mm -hmm. That means everywhere. Mm -hmm. Which <laughs> is why cannabinoids influence functions such as memory processing, pain regulation, and motor control. Uh -huh. In the brainstem, the concentration of cannabinoids is low, which or cannabinoid receptors, excuse me, mm -hmm. is low, which may be related to why cannabis use is not associated with sudden death due to depressed respiration, for example, uh -huh. aka drug overdose. Right. Why you why there are no reported deaths due to cannabinoid overdose. Um, now, the CB2 receptors are mainly found on white blood cells mm. in the tonsils and in the spleen. Mm. The immune cells also express CB1. However, there are fewer of them than the CB2 receptors. Okay. Significantly fewer. Okay. So CB2 is definitely a lot more common in the immune system. system. Got it. Uh, now, one function, one super important function of uh, CB2 receptors in the immune system is the regulation of cytokine release, which yeah. uh, basically means how your body handles inflammation, what causes inflammation, because that's an immune response to ah, injury. Ah, got um, it. Yeah, so that's why a lot of people use cannabinoids as an anti-inflammatory because sure. it regulates how much cytokine uh, is released. And that's what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the process. Got it. Yeah. Uh, while stimulation of the CB1 receptor produces marijuana-like effects on the psyche and circulation, uh -huh. uh, no such effect is seen when the CB2 receptor is ah. activated. So there's no high, there's no psychoactive uh, effects okay, does to it. it that receptor does, is not responsible for processing that cannabinoid. It doesn't recognize it. Probably, yeah, yeah. Right? Like THC, uh, you know, your psychoactive cannabinoids don't bind to CB2. Got it. Um, or if they do... Maybe they do a little bit, but, but it just doesn't affect it. Exactly, the CB two receptor doesn't have a large presence in the brain there, which is right. where that effect comes happens. From. Got right. it. Um, so selective CB two uh, receptor agonists, or things that bind to the CB two receptor, right. have become increasingly popular subjects of research for their potential anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer effects, ah. while having no psychoactive See, effects. See, this is great. Yeah. This is great. This is the genie in the bottle they've mm -hmm. been looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, here's something that's really just, you guys, we're going to blow your mind here. Endogenous cannabinoids or endocannabinoids that are naturally occurring lipid-based, that's fat-based neurotransmitters in your body. Okay? Yeah. They already exist. You produce. Your body creates. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's not a plan or someplace else that like this magic's like all of a sudden it turns on this system. No, 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 no. You have these chemicals in mm -hmm. your body already. You produce them. Now, yeah. okay, 
Lipid-based neurotransmitters. Now, neurotransmitters are chemical messengers in the body that send signals between nerve cells. Yes. All right? So that's how things get moved along and regulated and stimulated and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other thing, They right? just, they tell, you know, they go from point A to point B, tell point B to do the thing, and then come go back to point A or... Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, Nick, tell them what, who those guys are. Yeah, so the two main endogenous cannabinoids are anandamide yes. and 2-AG. Huge. Uh, both of those have have much longer chemical names that I'm not even going to try to pronounce uh, because that is not my job. You can look them up if you want, but yes. I don't know why. And and this is Professor Potnik saying that. Yep, yep. <laughs> this, is a, this is a lazy study today, kids. Yeah, this is actually where we step off, like I feel like where we step right into like biochemistry and mm-hmm. we both go, whoa. No, we, we're keeping it uh, what I like to call magic school bus level yeah. of, of yeah. depth here because yeah. any deeper and... I would get bored me too. talking about it. Yeah, me too. Exactly. So just remember. Yeah, but anandamide, yes. the first one, is a fatty acid neurotransmitter and was the first endocannabinoid to be discovered because it binds to the same cannabinoid receptors that THC yeah. in cannabis acts on, a.k.a. Yeah. the CB1 receptors, a.k.a. the one that gives you the nice fun high that yeah. we all love about marijuana. Yeah, yeah. And anandamide is naturally found in all tissues in a wide range of animals and has also been found in plants, including small amounts in chocolate. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Mind blown. Mm -hmm. The name anandamide is taken from the Sanskrit word ananda, which means joy, bliss, and delight. And then they just... Tech amide. On Probably a end. Latin word, maybe for some kind of. You know, it's some chemical thing. Yeah, suffix or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. But I just think it's fascinating that we have a linguistic marker for like how old this stuff is. Like the, the word is bliss and delight, right? Because chocolate is one of the four food groups mm-hmm. in Susan's world. Mm-hmm. And it is very delightful. So mm-hmm. those again are chocolate, cannabis, cheese. And champagne. Okay. <laughs> so now, turns out that one. It turns out that this is one of the most important controllers and successful perpetuation of of many species. Wow. Yes, amandamide <clears throat> is huge. You guys, listen to this. Oh, you're just this. Get out the sharpen the twos. That's right. My fellow ando cannabinoid system love nerds. Listen to this. It is found, and at the end, amandamine is found in, I'm so excited, in the uterus and the seminal fluid of animals. Wow. Yeah. It's a weird chemical. All up in, the system, yeah. all up in that this reproductive system. Yeah. It's a weird chemical transmitting balance act. But let's just suffice to say that the optimal amandamide concentrates are essential at specific sites at specific times in both sexes that are directly involved in the fertilization and embryonic implant implantation and development making it an important controlling component for 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 for, for uh good gestation too so like as as the fetus develops as well so not just only like instrumental when it's happening when the fireworks go right and and cell meets cell and then they start to divide but yeah that process as well amandamide is really it's amazing wow Yeah, yeah 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 so then listen to this 
One study says that cannabinoid receptors and aminamide have been detected in sperm cells from sea urchins as well as humans and other species. Sea urchin. That is such a weird one to call out specifically. Okay. I mean, you say humans and other species, okay. but they're like, yo, even sea urchins. Okay, be getting- and you know how they found this out, you guys? Is with these nerds, these God bless them, probably a marine scientist, right? Mm-hmm. Because what they were doing was they were researching like when sea urchins develop, like when they do their sex thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I can't even begin to fathom how that works. Okay, right. They They're do a the, ball of spikes. Okay, right. But they release all this stuff. It's like, a cloud. Right, right, yeah. right. And it all swims like together and yeah. do its thing, okay. right? And it's a feeding sense. frenzy and all this stuff. So they take this cloud, right? So it's like sex is almost always an orgy for most marine Apparently. animals. Okay. <laughs> Apparently. Just shooting it all out okay. there and see who catches Not it. Not Susan's cup of tea, but apparently. Apparently, okay, yeah. in the soup. In this the is, soup. This is <laughs> the primordial soup. This is how it happens. So they take this soup, right, and they and they research what's all the different stuff in the soup. Well, oh God, I hate the word. <laughs> I hate sperm being referred to as soup. <laughs> That is not good. Well, it's not just the sperm. It's like a bunch of other... It's like, you know, so All what are the chemicals, the right? Soup. So the soup mm-hmm. turns out that amandamite is in this soup. Wow. Okay. And it's in the egg cells, yeah, too? Yeah, so, so amandamite may be released from sea urchins' egg cells where it is postulated... To uh, mo- where it postulates that it modulates the rate of fertilization by the sperm. So the the eggs are actually picky, and yeah. they're like, we're, okay, no, 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 no you, no, 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 no you. you, okay, mm. I, good for them, like a Roman orgy, good for them. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Yep, they should be more discerning on on what sperm cell they let in there. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So like, that's how important this stuff is. That's an and that's a a, a uh, Nick. Okay, so let's get technical here. <laughs> okay, the anandamide uh, or anandamide is a chemical messenger between the embryo in its blastocyst form into the uterus during implantation in the uterine wall, <laughs> making it one of the first communications uh-huh. that occurs between the, mother and child. Now, a blastocyst is a structure formed in the early development of mammals. It possesses an inner cell mass, which is subsequent, which subsequently forms, forms the, the embryo. embryo. Yeah. So basically, the first contact that the hey mom, I'm down here doing a thing. When something, <laughs> when it, when a life is just the first yeah. interactions of a life being created, yeah. that uh, anandamide is one of the first things that it receives from the mother. Blew my mind. It, Absolutely crazy. Yes. Now, this, it's <clears throat> we're not done. Even more exciting, further research is being done on the mother's milk. What? And how it relates to the continuing neurological communication between mother and offspring, which seems to be essential for the endocannabinoid system to mature and fully develop. Do yes. Know, do you know what that means? Yes, exactly. Well, anandamide is is highly present in breast milk as well, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. So listen to this. So not only there's tons of research done about mother's milk and getting antigens so you don't like you're not allergic to the planet. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. How much you how much you actually get from yeah. There's like so now it turns out It's not out, just nutrition. It turns out now amandamide is important to get from the the breast milk and mm-hmm. then like matures your endocannabinoid system which we have just told you 
just scant moments ago mm-hmm. is responsible for all this stuff that goes on in your regulatory regulating all this stuff that goes on in your body so how huge is this it is so huge that nick and i found in this research you are not gonna believe this this is i mean i keep saying this during this episode you're not gonna believe this but yes there are olympians that um drink breast milk uh supposedly it is uh, Supposedly, it's really good for you, and it has all this stuff in it. And Nick and I were like, who's selling this breast milk? Where do you go? I mean, I've never... I belong to the co-op, and trust, I have not seen this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, are you seeing, like... I've seen, like, they have, like, exchanges for women that, like, don't produce as much breast milk true. and women that way overproduce. That's true. So I guess these people are just getting on Facebook and pretending to be a, a mom that needs Ooh. some more milk. And <laughs> you know what? And chug, chug. You know, I mean, I, I see, honestly, now that we've learned that there's nandamide in breast milk, yeah. which, you know, uh, binds to the CBD1 receptors, which and produces you, a high. Right. You know, Ooh. maybe that no. is why there's breast milk fetishes no stop you know because they're actually getting high on mommy's supply (laughs) well done yes yes either way i interrupted your your lovely well done Mm -hmm. yes 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 now okay we're gonna take it to a whole other level. I just thought that Nick and I were just like we were godsmacked when we found this out that yeah. people are like actually. But not only is it so good for like, well, yeah, and it's supposed to help with like recovery. Yeah. I mean, pain relief. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, eating and sleep patterns. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Like the benefits that. Uh, yeah. So those of you who didn't get any, I'm sorry. All right, now moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> There are also studies underway to explore what role amandamide plays in human behavior, such as eating and sleep patterns, as Nick was just saying, and pain relief. Like, again, that's where you get it from the breast Mm -hmm. milk, right? A Scottish woman, listen to this, this is great too, a Scottish woman named Jo Cameron from Whitebridge, that's in Scotland now, with a rare genetic mutation of her FAAH gene, okay, which with resilient... Elevated amandite levels was reported to be immune to anxiety, unable to experience fear, and insensitive to pain. Yeah. Okay. So. It's basically a superhero. Pretty much. The frequent burns and cuts she suffers due to her. Hy- I can't say that. Hypoalgesia. Yes. Algesia. There we go. It healed quicker than average. Okay. So dare we ask. <laughs> Nick and I were reading about this woman. Right. And we're like, what? So dare we ask, is this the Wolverine gene? Yeah. Gene- her, the genetic genetic connection? She has an article in the BBC with a funny clip of her. This is great. Her and her husband and a radio DJ are doing a Scotch uh, bonnet chili eating challenge. You guys, it's it's hilarious. You should Google it. Very cute stuff. She is quoted as saying... You are what you are until someone points it out and you don't question it. I was just a happy soul who didn't realize that there was anything different about me. She didn't even feel pain during childbirth, recalling it was wow. just a, it was just strange, but I didn't have pain. It was quite enjoyable, really. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is oddly terrifying to me. Somebody that can't yes. feel pain, like, that is... 
Yes, because of the elevated, yeah. the bandwidth level. So again, it makes that breast milk thing, you know, like these Olympians freaking drinking it. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's making them like have endurance. It, you know, they have stronger endurance. Mm-hmm. They're impervious to that inflammation and pain that they experience. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's what they say. I think it's uh, uh, Michael Phelps. Like he has a gene, you know, when you, when you create like, uh, when you work out, you use your muscles. Uh, it re- releases um, endorphins. That type of acid. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uric acid, because that's what it? binds up in your muscles if you don't stretch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he has a gene that makes it so he produces a lot less of of that. Uh-huh. Um, so that he recovers a lot quicker yeah, it doesn't because cramp up yeah, as exactly, much right, exactly. Right, right. And maybe that uh, has something to do with your uh, anandamide, and maybe. Mama's breast milk helps with that too. Who knows? Isn't that strange? Yeah. And the reason they found this out, I, I should say this, the reason they they even knew this was a thing for her was because after surgery, she didn't need any pain medication. And they were incredulous that she didn't need any pain medication. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I really don't need it. Yeah. So they did, they went back and like researched her like during her childbirth and mm-hmm. stuff. So they started asking her questions and she was like, yeah, no, 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 no. And they were like, what? So that's when they started trying to figure out why this woman was the way she was. So I just think it's so cute that like she says, she's like, Psst. she had no idea. She Nobody told her she was different. So she kind of thought everybody was like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, also like I was just thinking like imagine being the, the, doctor in the room while she's giving childbirth and she's just like yeah. sitting there casually maybe a little giggle here you know? and there. Ooh. Ooh. what's wow. that whoa <laughs> interesting <laughs> what an insane experience yeah. yeah uh but so uh then we have we just did a bunch of talk about anandamide because right. there, like we said there's been a lot more research into anandamide right it uh re- responds to the cb1 which you know thc responds to and thc has been the source of most right uh research as well but we also have 2ag which binds to the cb2 receptor mm-hmm. um Unlike anandamide, which is created and broken down very quickly in the body, uh, it is present at relatively high levels in the central nervous system consistently. It's the most abundant molecular species of monoacylglycerol found in mouse and rat brains. What? There's a measurement of that, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So, (laughs) Uh, Either way, uh, 2-AG is a major endocannabinoid produced from lipids in the cellular membranes, mostly, but not exclusively, in response to cellular activity. Mm. It interacts with both CB1 and CB2 receptors depending on what biological response is needed to outside stimuli isn't that crazy that yeah. he knows what it, no, it just it's I crazy it. yeah i mean it's i mean that's that's it's one of those like we were saying it's a neurotransmitter it's a chemical messenger it it is the first line yeah. of like okay something happens to you okay here's how we're gonna react guys it's, it's the quarterback yeah these guys are the quarterbacks that are telling us okay what plays are gonna happen uh-huh. what does the body need to do to respond to what's happening right what now? cannabinoid what, what endo or, or mm-hmm. what cannabinoid where does it need to go what yeah. receptors does it need to go to and how how much all of that well even more so it's like okay so you just got injured i'm gonna go talk to yeah. the immune system and tell them to release x amount of cytokine but not too much because we don't want to you know hinder like that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, so crazy, yes. So uh, therapeutically, 2-AG has been associated with pain relief, suppression of vomiting, oh. and stimulation of appetite, and the inhibition of tumor growth. 
which is great. That's anti-cancer effects, people. It's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like 2-AG probably has a lot more effects than just that, especially with how present it is in the immune system. However, like we said, not a whole bunch of research has gone into it yet. Well, and that's what's so great about where we are in this day and age, Mm -hmm. right, is where we are finally now getting to develop and do R&D, research and development. Real scientists are able to really conduct real studies and not just in some wonderful university down south. It was Old Miss, isn't it? Old Miss that was able to do all the research. I don't think so. I think it was like the University of Kentucky or something. No, like, like that. seriously, like sh- shocking. Like you yeah. know, it was like <clears throat> ooh. So now we all get to do it, and the things that we're finding out, like I was saying about this, about the finding out about the breast milk and how reproduction and all that is it's just was such a mind-blowing and i this is one of the things that we love doing about this podcast is not only do we get to inform you we're informing ourselves as well Mm -hmm. yeah so how is 2ag produced i'm gonna give this to you as simple as possible 2ag is synthesized from arachidonic acid containing diacyglycerol or DAG, which is derived from the increase of inositol phospholipid metabolism by action of diacyglycerol lipase. What does this mean? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. I know we said we were going to keep things magic school bus level, but I felt like at one point we just had to say like something about, you know, something really scientific just to like... I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Um... It means absolutely nothing to me, but what it does mean is that the body creates it itself, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, the fact that we have this crazy system of receptors, these endocannabinoids and their enzymes that break them down, our body has created this on itself. And up until recently, we didn't even know it existed, but it seems, like I said, they're the shot callers. They're the playmakers. They are controlling how our body responds to everything. Everything. And we, it happens without us even knowing about it. Not a clue. We didn't know about it for... We just found out about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like we've been talking about like outside stimuli and, you know, uh, immune system stuff. But it like we were saying, CB1's all up in the brain. CB2 is in all sorts of different uh, parts of the body Body, as well. Organs. Organs all over the place. Skin, like everything. You know, it. It probably tells your body to get goosebumps when you're cold. It probably. Yeah. And it uh, probably causes, you know, a lot of happiness and sadness and different feelings that we have due to how it reacts in the brain as we sense things and as we experience things and as we process information. I mean, the we don't know 100% of what it does yet, but the the possible scope of it is absolutely massive and incredibly interesting. Yo, see, here's something that's... Okay. So I remember... I was very young when I first smoked pot. Mm-hmm. All right. It's kind of a weird story, but let's suffice to say that there was a period of time that I went without any cannabis. Okay. Right. So Tea I break. had, right, right, right. So I had some at an early age and then for years I didn't have any, but I will tell you that sometimes I would have a flashback, right? Oh, weird. Of a feeling like I was high. Interesting. And now in retrospect, 
I wonder if somehow something was triggering that I needed, I need and my endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. Where I was releasing my my cannabinoids that I produce, my yeah. en- engine, my my endocannabinoids, right, yeah. right, right, and that that was actually what I was experiencing. Yeah, yeah, it very well could have been an anandamide high. I mean, the uh, the other possibility too is, I mean, I don't know if you were losing any weight at this time in your life, but THC does store in fat cells. And no, lo- but I was starting to go through puberty. Ah. And as we were just talking about how di- when, you know, the egg does its thing mm-hmm. and different things are released and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is so yeah. fascinating. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that the endocannabinoid system probably has a lot to do with puberty and how your body functions during that time, too. Um, we'll know more as more research comes yeah. out. But it's, yeah. it's, it's incredibly fascinating. And I love talking about this stuff and love, like, researching, learning more about our body is learning more about uh, uh, the the cannabinoids that we yeah. love and how, why, why they do what they do. Like, yeah. like it's, it's so, so interesting. It was like going to biology class all over again, mm-hmm. this episode for sure. For but me. your biology teacher's like, yo guys, this is why weed makes you feel good. <laughs> Please do some experimenting. Yeah. And hey, if you guys pick up any breast milk, mm-hmm. please let us know how that goes. Could you? <laughs> well, yeah. I remember when we were do- when we were reading about all the articles about the breast milk and stuff. There's like a bunch. There was like a uh, one article where there was like, well, we reached out to you know uh, get people to email in uh, people that like to drink breast milk oh. and not in a necessarily sexual manner not in a fetish way but people that claim the benefits of of drinking breast milk as an adult right and they said there was a wide range of responses and lots of people uh swore by it however it was 100 percent men that responded There was not a single woman that responded to these calls for responses about breast milk. So something tells me that just because they said no sexual intent, (laughs) I don't know. I think at least some mommy issues, some Freudian Freudian reasoning there for sure. I just think that. I wonder how much it costs per gallon. (laughs) It's probably not cheap. I mean, I would think so, and I bet you. I wonder how the shelf life is on that thing. <laughs> also, probably not great. You know, it's unpasteurized. Yeah. It's raw. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's the good stuff. Oh God, that's great. That's anyway, great. we had a great time tonight, guys. Yeah, Thanks for thank listening you. to Cannabis Nation. We hope this has helped shed light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cannabis Nation Podcast. Don't know how fruitful it'll be, but maybe in the future. <laughs> this is Nick. And this is Susan. Ending on a high note. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, baby. Mother's milk. Pass that. Would you? Could you pass, pass that? Pass the mother's milk. I would like that in a glass, please. Can I get it chilled? <laughs> <laughs>